Church, this morning we start a new series, uh, Galatians, but I'm really, personally, this past week, I decided that I'm going to call it to myself at least, the, the church series. It's a, it's a series that is focusing on the church, and we're going to spend two weeks in Galatians, and one week we're going to be in uh, the Gospel of John, we're going to be in John uh, chapter 4, but a uh, reminder, next week is, next week is Harvest Sunday, so May we just invite our, our friends, our neighbors, and families to come be part of that next Sunday. In the pew, at the end of your pew, is your uh, sermon guide there uh, for you to follow along as we go through the service today. Our key verse is verse 10 of Galatians chapter 1. And here is what it says For I am now seeking, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let me read that last part again. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yesterday, I had the privilege to be the minister and to officiate my sister's wedding up in Delaware yesterday afternoon. And so as I was, I was thinking about this, as I, we were leaving there, we weren't able to stay long because I, I wanted to be back down here uh, to worship with you guys today. And so as we were leaving, I, I left there in my sister's house and I was driving and I knew the, the instructions well enough and I was following the, the GPS uh, until my son asked for my phone for a second. Um, and so I was following it. And so I knew I jumped on 301 and I was to go, I was to go south on there. And so I, I jumped on 301. I saw 301 and I started driving. And I got about 10 minutes down 301. And I was like, uh-oh, I should not be going towards Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> I'm going, I just went from Maryland to Delaware line. That is the opposite. I'm supposed to be going down to Baltimore, Washington International Airport. I'm supposed to be going BWI. And so I realized, I said, Lee, I'm going the wrong way. Like, I'm. I'm not going close the wrong way right now. We're heading towards Wilmington where I grew up and so up that way. And so I just said, hey, we got to, so we turned around and we, we drove down to the airport and as I walked into the airport and as we, we got through security and got through everything and we returned to rent a car, I, this thought came to my mind. You see, as we were on the, the, the shuttle heading to from the rental car over to the airport, it said, hey, stop number one is Southwest and International Flights. Second stop is American Delta. You get the point. I can keep going, but there's five stops. And so I thought about that, and I thought, okay, I go in, and, and we're at, we drop off our luggage, and the, I'm going to Tampa, you know, and other people around me are going to Phoenix, they're going to Los Angeles, they're going to Chicago, Midway, all this. And so I was thinking through all of that, and I got onto the plane, and I started processing this a little bit, and I thought, wow, I'm glad to know that I got on a plane that was going straight to Tampa, because there's a lot of different beliefs out there that all roads or all flights lead to the same place. You see, because I, I could jump on a plane and fly to LAX, and... Maybe if I take a chance lucky, I might end up back in Tampa at some point. Or I may end up international somewhere. You see, I, I, what I'm getting at is this is that, you know, there is this belief out there that, that no matter what road you take, all roads lead to the same place. 
all roads lead to heaven. And the reality is that is, that is not true at all. Because Southwest had a flight to Tampa. And, and, and they also had a flight next to us that was going to Long Island. And they had one that was going to LAX. I mean, so I keep going, but that was just one airline in that one little gate area that we were at. And, and the reality is that, that there are people out there who are telling us there's all roads lead to heaven. All roads lead to Jesus. No matter what path you take, you'll eventually get there. And I want to tell you that is not true. That is not true. And that's our main idea today. And it is this, is that there is only one gospel message. There's only one gospel. There's only one gospel. And our key question is this, are we seeking the approval of man or of God? Or another way that we could say it, it would be this. Are we living to the standards of, a, of man or of God? Are we living to the standards of man or of God? And so I want us to, this morning, that's gonna drive our conversation in here. It's gonna drive our, our conversation as we look at, 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 are we seeking the approval of man or of God? And, and do we believe there's one gospel and only one way to heaven? Our, our phrase that our, is gonna be this, is the gospel matters because, and our first point is this, the gospel matters because we find freedom. The gospel matters to us today because that's where we find freedom at. That's where our freedom is found. We go back to verses three and five. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gives himself for our sins. Why? To deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. Grace is our freedom. Grace, in, in, in grace, in God's grace, we talked about the prodigal series over the last several weeks, but, but today we're looking at grace, and grace is our freedom. We have freedom in God. There is, and in this grace, we have deliverance through Jesus Christ that, that we experience freedom through the result of accepting God's undeserving favor. We don't deserve it, but it's through him that we find it. Tim Keller says this in his letter to Galatians, Paul expounds on the detail of what the gospel is and how it works. In chapter one, Paul addresses the contents of the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus and what he did, namely his sacrificial death on the cross for our sins. This concept will be expanded more and more as the letter goes on, but as we consider it, we have, we have to recognize that grace is at the heart of the gospel. And without God's undeserving, without God's undeserved good favor towards us in Christ, we would not be in right standing with God. Church, you and I have become sons and daughters of God. We, we become a child of God, a son and a daughter of God. How did that happen? It happened through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that you and I could do to earn that. There's nothing you and I could do to do that, to become a child of God outside of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. And our response in that is we put our faith and trust in God. That's how we become a child of God is through the blood of Jesus and us putting our faith and trust in, in, in Jesus, in God. We become a child of God. The church 
in America needs to realize that we have freedom in God. We have freedom in Jesus. We have freedom. We are no longer bound by the chains of sin. As a child of God, we are no longer bound by the chains of sin. We are no longer enslaved to our addictions and our struggles and our battles. And pleasing man, every stronghold has been broken and destroyed by Jesus. We need, no longer need to live in fear and shame. We're a child of God. We have experienced his grace. We put our faith and trust in him. We have been transformed by Jesus Nothing that we've done is what he has done for us. Over the last decade, I've heard, and it's probably been around a lot longer, but over the last decade in particular, I really have heard this, this, this phrase or this wording, and it's kind of, it's affected me a little bit. It's hurt, I it rubs me the wrong way, I'll put it that way. And I'll tell you what it is, it, it says, I've heard a lot of people say, I, I just want a blessing from God. I just want to be blessed by God. And I don't know if you've heard that, but, but I gotta be honest, it, it, sometimes it rubs me the wrong way as your pastor. Because let me just tell you why. I don't, there's no blessing that you and I deserve. <laughs> the only blessing that you and I have is that Jesus came to earth, died on the cross so that you and I could have eternal life. There's no other blessing that we deserve and there's no other blessing we need outside of that. There's no other blessing. If, if God if, if is nothing that you can do, they could deserve an extra blessing. You, God may bless you, but it's not because of something you've done. It's not because, well, you read your Bible a little extra this week. I'll throw $5 your way, right? It's, that's not our God. That's not how our God works, right? I'm not gonna, well, I'm gonna do this. God showers his blessing over us. That's correct, that is true, that does happen. But, our, but we don't go and say, well, I'll do this because if not, then he may throw lightning strikes at me or whatever. I, we don't do things to deserve a blessing. There's only one blessing and it's Jesus Christ and that's all we need. Whew, fired up on that. Genesis 3.15, proto-evangelium. All that means is this, is that in Genesis 3.15, it says that he will, he will crush the head of Satan, the, the head, and you'll bruise his heel. It, it's the proto-evangelium, which is a big phrase, but really all it means is this, is that the curse of mankind because of Adam's sin and God's provision for a savior from sin who would take the curse upon himself. It's this, this whole point that, that is the promise of Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming and he's going to crush the head of Satan. That is who Jesus is. That's what he did for us. Acts 13, 38, 39. Let it be known to you therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed. Freed from everything from which you could not free, be freed by the law of Moses. I, I love music. I, I love listening to music. I, I have my headphones in as I'm working. I have my headphones in as I'm doing all these different things. And as I'm in the car, I always have music playing. And there's a song that over the last, I guess, two weeks has really, I've been playing a lot of. It's called I'm So Blessed by, by Cain. And I want to just, just read the, the, the intro lyrics to you right now. 
I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. Here it is. Trouble knocking at my door today. Now, my, the grammar here, okay? The grammar may not be up to our standards. I'm very aware of that, but okay, let's move on. Trouble knocking at my door today, I ain't gonna let it in. And worry wanna steal my joy away, but I ain't gonna let it win. Because on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. God is this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter what about the rest. If I got you, Lord, I'm blessed. Right, that, that's it, that's, that, we have him. That's the only blessing we need is in Jesus, and we're free in him. We find our freedom in Jesus. I pray that, that we all in this room have found our freedom in him. Which leads us to our second phrase. The gospel matters because we find one way to salvation. One way to salvation. See, there's a lot of false gospels out there. And every time a false gospel is heard or believed, it leaves people empty. There's emptiness that comes with it. You miss out on the true word of God. You miss out on on God's word. You miss out on drawing closer to God. And see, false gospel leaves us with false beliefs. (laughs) A false gospel makes us think that we have to do something. A false gospel troubles us and does not bring us peace. Because we always feel like there's something else I have to do. There's always something, I gotta figure this thing out. I gotta, I gotta do this and I gotta, I gotta do all that. I mean, we just, we, it adds more stress. But, but here's the other thing a false gospel does. A false gospel perverts and dilutes the gospel message. The gospel is not about you and I. The gospel is not about what you and I have done. The gospel is not about you and I. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. The gospel is not about you and I and actions and works. and dis- I mean, yes, all we, we make a decision to give our life over to him. But the gospel is about Jesus. The gospel is all about Jesus. We, yes, our actions and all these different things are changed, and we do good deeds, but those good deeds are not what saves us. You see, I can be a good person and do good deeds because of my faith in Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus comes inside of me, I'm transformed, I'm changed. But it's not me, well, I gotta do all these good deeds, and I gotta correct this, and if I do this, I do that, and then I, maybe, maybe God will let me in. <laughs> no, no, the, the, that's not it. The gospel's not about what you and I do and can do. The gospel is what Jesus has done. It's what Jesus has done for us. The gospel is a work of God. And any gospel or gospel message about you and I, it dilutes the gospel message. It dilutes what Jesus has done. There are a lot of people telling us how to come to salvation. Do this, do that. And there's a lot of people who are being led to hell by a false gospel. 
Let me just read some scripture for us this morning. Because the Bible should be what drives our conversation. The, go- the, the Bible should lead us to the gospel. Not some person telling you, do this, do that. Always check it with God's word. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> no one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's Jesus. Jesus is, is how we're saved. It's through Jesus alone that we're saved. An unknown author, I couldn't figure out who said this, but they said this, sometimes in a desert, a combination of hot and cold air and the pathway of light from the sun forms a, a, a mirage. And our, our eyes and brain think that, that we see water ahead, but there's nothing there. Sometimes when we are in a spiritual desert, we can be tempted to believe things that are not true. And Paul is exhorting the Galatians to remember that no matter what happens or what they see, they must not waver from the truth of the gospel message. I came across this video. I'm going to share it with you now. It's, this video is, is, is the gospel. I mean, it's, it's what Jesus has done for us. So let's go ahead and watch it. Why did Jesus have to die? You know, that's a question that we all ask at some point, And I want to explain it in a way that might make sense with a visual. You see, Jesus, Jesus came to take the punishment of our sin the sin that you have done or would ever do. That's what he came to do. And see, you here look pretty good. I mean, come on, you look nice and clean, just the way you were meant to be. Oh, I could drink you up. (laughs) But we've all done stuff that we shouldn't do. We've all sinned in different ways. And the problem is, is when we sin and we bring sin into our lives, it changes us changes who we are and suddenly there's elements in us that weren't meant to be there maybe it's maybe it's bad attitudes or you you yelled at your parents or you lied to a friend or you cheated on a test or or you hurt someone or you hurt yourself whatever it might be it's not the way you were meant to be and God God saw this and he didn't want it to be this way he said this was not how I intended you to be so God had a perfect rescue plan and that rescue plan was Jesus. Now Jesus was perfect. He, he came and he lived a perfect life. He was without sin. So the question was, what would happen if Jesus took the sin of the whole world, all of the sin, and put it in himself? And so he went to the cross and he took our sin. And Jesus took all that sin and put it in himself. <laughs> but... That's the thing, is Jesus took our sin to the grave, but then he left it there. He left that sin in the grave, and he came back with new life for all of us. And he was still perfect and pure and blameless and everything that we needed. And so you, with all of our sin and with all that's inside of us, you have the ability to say yes to Jesus because we don't need sin anymore. Sin has been defeated by the power of the cross and what Jesus did and the power of his resurrection. And so when you say yes to Jesus and you ask him to fill you with his power, 
It changes Amen. everything. Jesus brings freedom. You couldn't have taken this out on your own. You could not remove the sin from yourself. Only Jesus could do that because he died and rose again to defeat the power of sin and bring us true freedom. And that's why Jesus had to die. See, that's the gospel message. That is the gospel message that Jesus took on our sin. Here's the third phrase. The gospel matters because we find our identity. We find our identity. We find our identity in Jesus. We find our identity in the gospel message. See, we don't just need to hear the gospel message on Sunday mornings or, or the gospel message sometimes. We, we gotta hear the gospel message every day. Like, I had to preach the gospel message to myself every day because it's in Jesus that I have freedom. It's in Jesus that my identity is found. It's in Jesus. And see, we, we live in, in a day where, where technology and all these different things, are they, they can become our identity. We also live in a day where, where, where sports, where family, where jobs, money, a house, children or our grandchildren always having to do something or people or deeds or actions become our identity. Our identity is in, is in sports of I play this sport and that's my identity or, or hey, this is what my child or my grandchild has done and our identity starts to rise up in that. Or, or it's about this money or this job and then this is who I am. But, but our identity, who you are, is a child of God. Who you are, your identity is in Jesus. Yeah, you do all these things, and yes, I'm a pastor, but my identity is not a pastor. My identity is, is I'm a child of God. I, I'm a sinner who's been saved by, by, by the blood of Jesus Christ. I get to, to serve as your pastor. And I'm, I'm thankful for that privilege. But my identity is found in Jesus Christ. My identity is found in what he has done on the cross so that I could have freedom, so that I could find out who I am. Our identity, if it's found in any of the things I mentioned, leads us to have a false identity. It leads us to, to live a false life, to have false hope. To be honest with you, it leaves, us com it leaves us incomplete. But when we live in our identity in God, when we live in our identity in Jesus, then, then we find our life has a purpose worth living, to live out every day. Let me read our, 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 the, the text complete today. I'm astonished that, that the, this is verses six through 10 of, of Galatians chapter one. I'm astonished that, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not, not that there's another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, 
So now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. And now verse 10, our key verse. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You see, what's happening in this scene is this, is that the, Paul is, is, is preaching the gospel that, that Jesus Christ is the only way. And he's preaching the gospel message and there's the, the Judaizers are rising up and coming behind Paul. And they're telling people, hey, do these deeds, do this. Hey, fix this. Hey, go be circumcised. Hey, become Jewish, and that's the only way you're gonna be, get saved. The only way to, 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 to Christianity. And so that's, I mean, that's paraphrase, but that's what's happening there. And so in this moment, this is happening, and, and Paul is coming and saying, no, that, that, that's not the gospel message. I'm not, we're not telling you to go do all that. I've already preached to you the gospel message. And anyone who says something different than that, then let them be accursed. Church, our identity is in Jesus. Our identity is in him. And, and if, it, if it's anyone says to us, hey, you gotta do this and clean up all this mess and, and get all the, the, those skeletons out of your closet and then you come to Jesus, then, then, then that's legalism, <laughs> That, or, or do all this and, and, and you get to do this certain amount of stuff and, and to, 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 to be a believer. You're not saved unless you do this. That's, that's not the gospel message. The gospel message is clear. For us, we must put our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. Put our faith, trust, and belief in him. So it's not come to Christ and be blessed and, and get money and get, all, get out of debt. <laughs> it's come to Christ and find your identity. It's come to Christ and, and to, to now have a purpose worth, worth living for. It's come to Christ and, and find freedom. The gospel message is not about you and I. It's about Jesus. And may we never see the gospel message as what we can get out of it. <laughs> but may we see the gospel message is about what Jesus has done and what Jesus is, is doing for us. Our salvation does not mean we deserve these external items from God. Our, our salvation means that we have Become a child of God. Our salvation means that, that we now have, our identity is in Jesus, that, that we now have a, a reason to live and a purpose to live and is to go after and live to become more like God and less like this world. And so in this, this whole passage today, may we realize that the, there's no other gospel outside that Jesus died on the cross for you and I. And the only way what we're called to do is not do good deeds and do all these things. We're called to put our faith and trust in him. And church, I pray that we'll do that. I pray that each of us have done that. We must put the gospel first every day. We must daily hear the gospel message and remind us of what God has done for us. So church, as we go into this moment of our response my prayer is that if you have not put your faith and trust 
in Jesus, I pray that you'll do that here today. You know, we're, we're moments away from the Lord's table, from the Lord's supper, and I pray that, 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 that in that moment there, as we go into that, I pray that'll be a moment that, that we remember what Jesus has done for us. So church, as we go into this moment of response, my prayer is this, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, come down and talk to me. Or, or, or maybe you're saying, hey, hey, I have a relationship, but, but I have a family member who does not know the Lord. Can you pray for him or pray for her? Yes, come down here and let me pray. Next week is Harvest Sunday. I would love, next week, I wanna see people give their lives to the Lord. I, I want us to invite our friends, our neighbors in to this family time of worship to hear the gospel message. That we preach and teach the gospels, what we're gonna be doing every week here, we're gonna be preaching and teaching the gospel message. But next week's gonna be a special moment. And I pray that we'll invite people to be part of that. Let me pray for us and then may we respond faithfully. Lord, we come into this, this moment. Lord, we come into this, this the Lord's table here in just a few moments. But, but Lord, before we do that, Lord, I pray if there's someone in this place that you're calling into salvation today, Lord, I pray may today be the day of salvation. And I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, if there is, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if, if you're laying someone in our heart, our mind, or our soul right now, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you will have us pray for them right now, Lord. Pray that, Lord, that they will hear the gospel message and accept it. And Jesus, if at all we have, we've, we've diluted the gospel message and made it about us, Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, that you will help correct us in that. Lord, help us that they realize the gospel is about you and not us. So, Lord, in this moment of response, in this moment, I pray that we as a church will respond faithfully. I pray, Lord, that we will, we will respond the way you're calling us to, Lord. May you move in this moment, Lord. May you have your way in this place. Lord, we praise your name. Amen.